0: You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 168. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your every day. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today, I'm speaking to you from my friend Anna's flat in London. I love Anna's flat and I am so grateful that I get to stay here while she is in the US with her husband for a friend's wedding. And as I've been here in London this week, I have been doing the meetup. Thank you so much everyone who showed up to this second London meetup last night. It was so much fun to meet all of you that came Thank you so much. It means so much to see you guys and get to give you hugs and get to meet you in person and see all of the wonderful things that are going on in your lives. And I'm so excited to continue to do more of these meetups when it makes sense in my travels in the future, including Amsterdam next week. So stay tuned if you are near or around Amsterdam. I'll be doing another meetup then. In addition, here in London, I have been going through my love letters in my inbox. In my inbox, VK and I have found a way to make sure that I'm able to answer emails in a way that allows me to live my life and also answer emails that people send me. And one of the ways that we do this is by having this love letters file where it's emails that are not time sensitive that I can return when I have more time to devote to those specific requests and just kind of general letters that people share with me. And as I was going through it this week, I found one from Heather C. that sparked today's podcast subject. So I'd like to share it with you right now. This is just a bit of the letter and then we're gonna get into what Heather's question is and what the answers to that are and how it can relate to you as well. So Heather writes, I'm a person who had a ton of masculine energy and who always tried to action my way and force my way to results. And I'm finding that finding flow first has brought me more joy and more quote unquote success than I ever thought possible. However, what about someone who struggled with the other way around? What about someone who is not action oriented and is much more flowy but never knows what to do? I have a friend who is unexpectedly staying with me who is lost. I think I've always admired her because she's so flowy and seemingly in touch with herself, but she is struggling to find her way. She's floating through life right now and totally unsure of what to do next because I think she lacks a balance on the other end of the spectrum. In your episode on knowing versus not knowing, you allude to this a tiny bit when you talk about fearful inaction when we don't know what to do, but you don't go into that part much. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the subject. Well, I love this question that basically that Heather asked and I decided to make it the subject of today's episode. So here are going to be my thoughts on the subject in the kind of format of doing it between explaining flow in its contrasts of force and floating. So if you think about it, there is force, flow, and floating. I'm gonna get into each of these three different ways of approaching our lives but I will also say right away at the start of this, this is a constantly evolving subject for me. As you guys know, ever since this summer, as my adventures have been unfolding, I have been choosing to share with you guys in real time what I'm learning and experiencing and going through. So this right now that I'm sharing with you is my current understanding on the topic, and I may be able to elaborate more about this later as I get more familiar with it, but just know this is where I'm at right now today on the subject after what, the four or five months that I've been studying it personally and applying it as well. So now that we have that out of the way, I'd like to go into the differences between them. And I'm hopefully gonna help you identify which one you may be in right now or finding yourself in at different parts of your life in the future. In some areas of your life, you might be finding yourself in the forcing camp. Other areas may be flowing smoothly. In some of them, you might be floating. But again, this whole episode is going to be about all three of those aspects or approaches to life so that you can start to identify them when you're in them and then course correct from there. So we're going to start with force. I believe this is the most popular approach right now in the personal development world at the moment. So this is one I have shared about in other episodes too. The floating is kind of the new aspect that I'm going to go into more depth with. Because force is so important and so popular right now in today's way of approaching life, I want to make sure we do go into this here in this episode as well. As I've said, I think this is a very big thing and a big theme in online business and personal growth space. If you listen to other shows around these subjects, you've probably heard a lot of talk about discipline, effort, hustle, and hard work. And while none of these traits are inherently bad in any way, when they are motivated by the ego instead of the intuition, they can leave us burned out and exhausted. When we aren't feeling great, we just keep pushing ourselves forward instead of getting back into alignment. That's when discipline, effort, hustle, and hard work goes wrong. That's when it feels like force. It's like we're saying to the universe from our ego's perspective, here's what I think will make me happy. I'm gonna push my way to these outcomes and achievements no matter what it takes, no matter what the cost, no matter what it costs me personally, professionally, relationshipally, vibrationally, no matter what it takes, I am committed to making sure this happens because I think it's going to make me happy. And then, because we've decided that this is what we want out of life, we assume that things are going to flow in that direction for us. This is all, again, like I've said, coming largely from the ego, making up what it thinks it's going to be happy with, and then taking action, assuming the universe is going to align in perfect order to the ego's desires. So the assumption here is that adventure comes first, and flow is assumably going to follow but that doesn't work. When we use force, it feels like we're paddling upstream against the current. And depending on how disconnected that direction that we're headed in is from our own intuitions guidance for us, that cross current, that going upstream can either feel like, kind of like a gentle lapping on the sides of your boat, you know, just kind of like a little on the side of the boat, nothing big that can still be upstream, or if you're really going against your intuition on something in your life, it can feel like you're going upstream on a class five whitewater rapids. It can really tear your boat apart. So depending on how out of alignment you are with your intuition, it could feel like a subtle dis-ease or a subtle force or a full on war. What is kind of initially exhilarating at the start of a project? I mean, I will say the ego has a lot of hurrah. It gets really excited at the start of a project that it has decided is going to make us happy. It's always exciting to take that first diet in the first day or two, right? It's always exciting to start marathon training on day one or day two. But if these are things that you're doing from your ego's perspective, that pumping up and that rocky theme music going over time with that cross current pushing against us in bigger little ways, eventually starts to feel condescending continually forced. And instead of course correcting or checking in with our intuition so we can find flow within whatever we're doing, we just keep pushing forward with the path that we decided when we got started, eventually taking that same action from a fearful place. Because there's often a lot of shame in our culture around changing our minds or stopping something that we begin. We don't want to be seen as flaky, We don't wanna be seen as weak, and we certainly don't wanna be seen as a failure. So when these thoughts become our driving actions, I don't wanna be a flake, I don't wanna be weak, and I don't wanna fail, those actions become motivated by fear. And at that point, we become too afraid to connect to our intuition because we have a sneaking suspicion it's going to tell us to do something different. And if we do something different, we're going to be afraid to go back to that initial thought that we're gonna be seen as flaky or weak or a failure because we've chosen a new action. So we don't ask the intuition at all, we just keep going. So then as we're taking these scary filled actions, as we're keeping going against the intuition or the fear of even asking the intuition in the first place, it feels scary and then we feel tired. Eventually it just gets to tired. We're tired in the job, we're tired in the relationship, we're tired in our lives. We're tired of going, going, going. That's what force often feels like, exhilarating at the start and fearfully motivated and possibly exhausting in the end. Now let's compare that in contrast to floating. So we're kind of going to the other end of the spectrum. And this is what Heather had asked me about with her friend. So this is what we're gonna get into now. What is floating and what does that look like in contrast to force? Floating, as I said, is on the total other side of the spectrum. Instead of flowing, which we're gonna to get to in a second, floating is about doggy paddling in the same spot in the river. So floating is doggy paddling. It means that you're kind of sitting in the same spot in the river. The river's current is going downstream, but you're doggy paddling right where you are. You may either be taking zero actions at all in your floating, or you may actually look super busy. That is right, guys. When you are doggy paddling, you can kind of be pretty still in that doggy paddling, or you can be frenetically doggy paddling. But the actions you're taking when you're in that busy mode of floating, they do not provide the deep meaning, joy, and fulfillment that you're really seeking. And so now I wanna go into why this busyness that I'm talking about here as a floater is not the same as the forcing. So busy in your forcing is you trying doggedly against all odds or against your intuition's guidance to go to some end or shiny penny conclusion that you really wanna get to. On the other hand, floating and busyness in life means you are so busy keeping up with the day-to-day routines that you have that you don't actually have the time to do the deep work to figure out what direction your intuition is leading you to. So basically you're kind of staying right where you are, just going with whatever has been set before you. You're not necessarily going to some specific new conclusion, which is where force goes to. You're just kind of staying so busy where you are that you don't have time to think about where you do wanna go at all. So here are two different ways that people typically do the doggy paddling. Number one, it can look like numbing. So this could be a lot of television, food, shopping, social media, surfing the internet, excessive drinking or drugs, addictions, or literally staying in bed and actually not moving at all. So that's numbing. You can stay very busy doing all of those things in excess and not really getting anywhere. Or it can look like a regular quote unquote productive life, constantly running from activity to activity, This is something a long time ago we spoke about in the episode about stopping the glorification of busy. In our society, and I don't think it's quite as common now, but when we did that episode especially, we talked about how the idea of saying, how are you doing, and the response being, oh, I'm great, I'm so busy, everything's so busy, that was seen as a sign of success. To be that busy was to be that successful. And we've really seen that that's just kind of, could be someone's way of creating the sense of meaning and fulfillment or trying to look like they have the meaning and fulfillment that comes from flow. But really, they're just floating and saying that because I'm busy, I must be taking important action, even though they're not really listening to what's actually aligned for them. In the floating stage, we can often feel like we're lost or we have no clarity. And because we're so busy keeping up with whatever we're doing, whether it's numbing or doing the quote unquote productive things of our lives, we don't feel like we have clarity. That's why it's very different than force. In force, we're hyper-focused about what we think that we want, that we ignore the telltale signs of when it's time to change directions. But in floating, there feels like there is no direction at all, and we don't have time to course correct or figure out where that direction might be. And when it comes to the actions we're taking, there are two general ways that we can do that quote-unquote productive action that I spoke about. Here are two ways the productive action might take in our lives. In Heather's email, she summed it up perfectly with her friend. She said, my floating friend is thinking about going to visit her mom to help her do some projects around the house. It's specifically to tile her basement floor during this time of complete uncertainty and lostness. While the visit would be a good thing, she has shared with me that if she's completely honest with herself, if she took this trip, she's really avoiding taking the steps or even just taking the time to look inside of herself. The visit with her mom made her feel good about herself because she would spend time with her and help her with the project, but really she's just avoiding connecting with her intuition or next steps. So that is one level of productivity. We're taking productive, busy steps when we're not doing anything that's actually tapping us into our internal alignment, or we can stay busy in the area we actually wanna shift. So let's say that, for example, Heather's friend wanted to look more deeply into a career change, just for an example. Now, there's another way we can approach busyness and quote-unquote productive busyness in the floating area of our lives that's not avoiding our careers, but actually is within the careers themselves, but is still floating too. So I was having tea with my friend Erica yesterday and we were talking about this subject of today's show and she said that as I was explaining this floating thing to her, she said she had an example to share as well. So Erica had a girl ask her to get coffee not too long ago to discuss her career path. She wanted to get Erica's experience from her corporate path that she had taken and wanted to get, you know, kind of ideas on how to make a career shift. Apparently, the girl that she had gone to coffee with said that she's been doing this for months. She's been doing a lot of these different kind of informational interviews. She's simply amassing information without implementation. So that's another way to do this. We can either go tile our mom's bathroom floor or basement floor, or we can actually stay so stuck assuming and amassing an amazing amount of content or information so that we're so busy doing that, we're not actually implementing anything we've actually learned so far. That's when floating feels stuck, stuck in our job, stuck in our relationship, stuck in our lives, stuck being busy, 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 or stuck not moving at all. So now we're going to get into the third option because there is a third option. Those are just two approaches to life that we can find ourselves in. And then there is flow. Now, when I want you to think of the spectrum of force and flow being on each end, flow is in the middle. It's, quote unquote, the middle way. It's in between force and flow. And when I say the middle ground, it's not just like it's, you know, the in-between between between forcing action and total non-action. It's actually the Buddhist approach to the middle way. And whenever I think about the Buddhist approach to the middle way, which I learned in a Buddhism class that I took in college, I remembered back to growing up in Rochester, Michigan. In Rochester, Michigan specifically, there is this thing called the Paint Creek Trail, It's a trail for bikers and runners to run and bike on that is a dirt path. I think it probably at one time used to be train tracks that they had taken the tracks out of. And now it's just this raised path that goes, I don't know, 10 or 20 miles into another city. I grew up running cross country and running that trail all the time. And when I think about the middle way, I go back to that paint creek trail in my mind. Because when I say the middle way, it's not just like if you think about even a bar chart, like let's put a a visual in your head, like a line going up into the right. Like, you know, when you look at someone's stock ticker, they always want it to go up into the right. Or if you have a business projections, you wanna see the bar graph growing. You want that chart to go up into the right. When it comes to the middle way, the middle way is not the midpoint of, you know, from the bottom left to the upper right the middle way is actually kind of like an inverted V. And the Creek Trail is just like this. So here's how I can explain it. When it comes to the trail, the middle of the path where you're actually running is the highest point of the path. The sides dip off into two ditches on either side. So on either side, there are low points and the raised level where you're actually running is the high point, the middle way, is the highest point of the path. So when we're looking at force and floating, I want you to think about the force and floating being in the ditches and then the middle way being flow. So it's not about it being dissecting up into the right line. You know, it's not the middle like that. It's actually the highest, most enlightened path between two extremes. So it's a really good thing, not just kind of the middle ground of two not so great things. So here's what I found about flowing thus far, and again, this is an ongoing exploration for me, but number one, I can say it is intuition-based. No surprise there, you've heard me talk about it a million times by now intuition-based. It is intuitively led. The actions that you are led to are not from external expectations of your peers, partners, or parents. It's the stuff that your intuition wants you to do. If you want to, first of all, figure out what your intuition wants you to do, of course, I always say write to it. And again, as always, you can go to justlively.com intuition to listen to an episode that explains exactly how to write to your intuition. But aside from that, there are some more aspects of flow as well that I want you to think about. Number one, this is my go-to all the time. Even if I'm not gonna write a letter to my intuition, I can ask myself in the present moment, what opportunity is the universe flowing to me? So I'll say that again. The question to ask yourself when they're wanting to get back into flow is what opportunity is the universe flowing to me in the present moment? Now, this is being All things considered, right? This is given your present moment, time, money, attention, energy, resources, all of that included. Given all of those things in this moment, what is this moment ideal for? It might align with your schedule or it might mean shifting your schedule. Or even more importantly, it might mean making less of a schedule overall so you have more room to flow. I think, especially in America, that there is the tendency to over-schedule our lives, but I think that's kind of that floating tendency popping up. Maybe we don't actually need to schedule as much as we have had in our lives. Maybe we can actually dial back on things to find real proper order and priority to what's most important to our values overall. That's just a little side note there. Of course, go with your intuition there. You may not have that issue in your life or maybe your intuition saying you totally do. I don't know what's right for you, but it's something to think about. This may align with your schedule. So what you're already got on your schedule may totally be what the universe is flowing you to next or it might be about flowing to something that's different than what your schedule had planned, because the universe, given your time, money, attention, energy, and resources, it may not be ideal anymore from when you planned it originally. Or like I said, last but not least, having less of a schedule overall, not blocking every single moment of your day with something colored on your calendar might be a way to find more flow and also just make more room and flexibility for the flow to follow. And then last but not least, flowing is about allowing what is. Now I'm gonna say this one is, it could be its own episode to be honest here. It is the ninja level of spirituality here too, so this is ninja level stuff. When I say ninja level, it's kind of become my little pet term for stuff that is really kind of new, probably something I haven't spoken a lot about here before, but also, When I say it, it might sound pretty crazy. You might have a lot of ego resistance to the idea of doing it, but it's something that we can work towards one baby step at a time. So what does allowing what is really mean? Allowing is the ability to be in the present moment with whatever is coming up and maintaining or finding a sense of joy. So allowing is not the same thing as to tolerate. I'm gonna give an example here to kind of show what tolerating versus allowing looks like. To tolerate means that when someone we like doesn't wanna date us anymore and they kind of end it or they break up with us, tolerating means that we accept it and we don't make them feel bad or anything like that, but we instead get upset on the inside and let it ruin our life experience for an extended period of time. So to not tolerate would be to fight them, to try to cling, to try to make it, you know, to grovel, to do anything that we could try to do to manipulate them to want to stay. That would not be tolerating. Tolerating looks like you say, okay, I accept that this is what you want, but it ruins your life, right? That's tolerating. I will let the person leave my life, but I am not going to feel good. Allowing on the flip side means that they can break up with us and we're able to eventually, in whatever way we can, get back to maintaining our own joy in our lives. Now, this might be really hard to do right away, so I'm not saying that we're gonna jump to allowing in the first second that this happens, but allowing means that we allow them to be where they want to be and we don't have our joy ruined in the process. Here's another example of this because the breakup might even be more difficult for you guys to wrap your heads around here, but here's another way of looking at this. For example, if you have a refund policy for a class or a product that you sell, Okay, to tolerate a refund means that you say, okay, I'm gonna give you your money back, but I'm gonna feel bad about myself or my products, or I'm going to have some kind of weird discomfort with the fact that that was asked upon, that they use the refund policy. We're allowing, would allow people to be where they want to be. It just means allowing them to do it fully and not letting it say anything about you or anything about your joy. That's actually something that over the years I've worked on in my own business, so I kind of thought about that one as I was explaining these two options. But to tolerate means we let the person do whatever they want to do, but we're not actually happy. Or to tolerate our bodies means, okay, I accept that my body looks the way it does, but I'm not happy about it. Allowing means... I look and accept my body as it is and I'm still gonna have joy in my life. It may not look what my ego would ideally like it to look like, but I'm not going to let it steal my joy in my life. That is what allowing looks like versus tolerating. And as I said, especially when things like breakups and stuff happen, this is ninja level stuff, but it is all included in flow. Because force, if we look at that breakup example, would look like trying to keep them in our lives in some way that isn't what they want. And it will feel like we're paddling upstream. And then meanwhile, floating, if we're in the floating and we got broken up with, We would feel unendingly depressed and unaccepting of their choice, so much so that we're stuck and unable to process our emotions in order to meet someone new. And in that case, we're kind of like we're clinging to a rock in the river. We're clinging to that part of our lives that's no longer there, unwilling to go with the current of the river to the next relationship that is waiting for us down the river. So down the river is all the things that we want, and when we are forcing, we're going against what the things we really want are, against what our intuition is telling us, where floating means we're just clinging, in this example, when we're tolerating, but we're not actually accepting their choice. That is when we're floating and just clinging to the rock in the river. So if we wanna boil this down, think of flowing as what it means to be taking actions based on what is appearing in our lives and aligns with our intuition. That is when we take actions that are coming from a place of peace. So in our river example, as I've been using that to explain these three different phases or approaches, the flowing feels fluid, like you're sensing the current of life and moving along with it rather than against it or trying to stay stuck where you are. And please don't confuse this with floating. Floating is a way of distracting ourselves from internal alignment. And as Heather said, floating can sometimes look like it's flowing, but it's not. There's that lack of clarity and possibly that busyness that is actually hurting or hindering our ability to see what our internal alignment would be and then going with what unfolds next flowing is always about taking action from a place of internal alignment and now for the good news here as i've now explained all three of these hopefully you have a better understanding of each and can also relate to what areas of your life you're using each of these approaches the good news is we are going to find ourselves in force floating or flow all of the time the rest of our lives We're gonna go back and forth between them as our circumstances change and as we learn and grow. These different phases, all are invitations to help us get back into flow when we find ourselves out of them. The point is to be gently and empathetically aware of which approach we're using so that we can then shift our approach back to flow over and over again as often as necessary observing ourselves in force or floating is actually a good thing. So please don't think that when you find yourself in them, you're like, oh my gosh, let me beat myself up again for being here again. It simply means we get to begin practicing a new way of living that can bring us the peace, joy, and fulfillment we're seeking when we're going for floating or when we're going with the forcing method. There is another way, and this is just now our gentle awareness that we can shift things that we can look for what the universe is flowing to us in this opportunity of our lives, that we can stop going upstream and feel that feeling of what it feels like. I think we can kind of have a gut feeling of when things feel forced, when they feel upstream, or when we feel like we're floating or busy tiling our mother's basement floor, but not really doing the deep work within. And of course, this isn't to say don't do your mom's basement floor. It means that while you're tiling, you probably could have a lot of unending hours to start writing or listening to your, well, maybe not writing to your intuition while you're literally tiling, but you could start calming the ego. You could literally make that a meditation if you felt like it. And you could start asking questions similarly to the writing process while you're laying the bricks or the tiles on the floor. So even in those cases, saying that you're too busy doing this one thing, even that could be a cop-out. You still could use that action that's great for your mom also to connect with your intuition. Again, all of these things are getting back to what is internally aligned for you because that's where flow is found. It's in you. It's not outside of you. It's not in that shiny penny you think you're going to get. It's within you and the actions that the universe is giving you to take right now in flow. So, Now that we know about these paths, please don't beat yourself up. If you find yourself stuck, it's okay. I do it all the time too. And now that we're aware of it, we can have the empathy for it. Because before we're just beating ourselves up, feeling unhappy. Now we can at least have empathy for the fact like, no wonder this is not feeling comfortable. No wonder we don't feel like we're getting what we really want out of life. No wonder we feel stuck. Now we can then, once we figure that out, find that flow, let go, and begin again. And there you have it, guys. That is my episode for you guys today. I hope you find your float, flow, or flow. Again, you're gonna go back and forth between them. It's not about always being perfect here. It is just about starting to recognize there is a current in our lives, and if we can tap into it, everything we want is downstream. Before I share where I'll be next week, though, I would love to share a bit about today's sponsor, FreshBooks.com. As you guys have heard, or maybe you haven't, maybe you are brand new to The Lively Show, and I will tell you a little bit about FreshBooks. It is bookkeeping software for online businesses, creatives, and all of those people that need to do bookkeeping that want to enjoy it as much as they enjoy using social media or building their businesses or brands. I've been using it since 2012 and I'm obsessed with it. I think it is so fantastic. It is something that feels like Facebook to me, but what I'm really doing is tracking my invoices and all of my expenses. So at the end of the year when I need to do taxes, it is so simple. My expenses are automatically imported from my credit card statements into the system, as well as my invoicing through PayPal invoices. I can do them in one second by creating a profile for a client that then sends it. I can see if they viewed it, when they paid it. I don't even have to track when they paid it because once I made the invoice in FreshBooks, it's all taken care of. If you would like to give FreshBooks a try yourself to see what I'm talking about for 30 days for free, go over to freshbooks.com backslash lively to give it a shot. I have loved it since 2012, so I think we're going on four years strong and I would not consider any other service. I think it is incredible. So now let's go on to where I'm going to be next week, guys. Next week, I'm going to be in Amsterdam for one week. I am so excited to see Amsterdam. I have heard it is such a beautiful city and has so much design appreciation, which is something that I personally love as well. So I will also, as I mentioned at the top of the show, be having a meetup on September 20th. We haven't finalized the location yet, but details will come on Instagram. So if you want to find out the details, just check the pictures in the most recent days to come before September 20th. They'll be at Jess C, as in checking out the Netherlands lively. And until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today.